Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. Let's drink them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. I think I have five podcasts now. It's it's symmetry. Already posted the Ross Tucker football podcast with the takeaways that you need to know from, what was it, week 12 in the NFL? The Sunday that was. Check that out anywhere you look, listen to podcasts or watch at youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. This is one of my favorite shows for two reasons. Number one, it's three podcasts in one. You're getting three podcasts for the price of one, which, by the way, is free. It's a college football podcast. We're going to go over all the conference championship games. It is a NFL draft podcast. Emory's going to talk about some of his favorite prospects in all the conference championship games. And it's a college football betting podcast. We'll talk about who we like with the spread in these conference championship games. What a week. So that's number one why I love it. The other reason why I love it, I love Emery. Emery's my brother from another mother. At FBall Game Plan on Twitter. I love people that love football as much as me. I love people that grind even probably more than me. He's Football Game Plan on YouTube. we got a huge YouTube channel. I know we're getting more and more people on YouTube. Subscribe to his Football Game Plan. Oh, speaking of subscriptions, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. And if you like lower levels of football, the FCS tournament's going on. The FCS tournament, Emery, is low-key amazing. And it's just remarkable that FCS D2 and D3 have had this forever and FBS never has. Like, I honestly think sometimes we have been deprived of so many great memories over the years, if the FBS had just figured this out like they did at the lower levels a long time ago. I mean, I don't know. Look, the FCS was like 16 teams. It, can you imagine how awesome it would have been for so many years if we had college football playoffs, Emory? Listen, Ross, they, they would have made way more money doing it that way because it's bigger schools involved than the the – convolutes the the you know the 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 craziness we got now right because i always think about this man um i grew up in new orleans and the the 
1998, Tulane, undefeated season, doing offense that nobody else was doing. It's what we now know now, the RPO, the up-tempo, the air raid. No one was doing that, and Tulane was doing it led by Sean King, and they were beating the brakes off everybody. It was 12-0 and that year, and they finished seventh in the country. And it was like, man, I would have loved to see them because in my mind, I'm thinking, I think this team could have beaten Oklahoma, but we never would have gotten that chance. Um, we, we didn't get that chance because there was no playoff, and they weren't going to put them in the – I forgot who they played for the championship. Maybe it was Florida State. I was like, man, they could beat Florida State. I would rather see them go against Oklahoma. But, we, you know, without a playoff, we don't get that opportunity. And, you know, we don't get to see the opportunity that, that could have happened in 97 when we had, what, the split national champion with Nebraska and Michigan. How about we see those two teams, you know, play? So I love that the FCS and the, and the other levels are able to do that because we got great games uh, last weekend. Like, I was all in on Montana not getting into the playoffs because they lost all of their games against all of the top competition, and they were down 24-3 to Southeast Missouri State in the third quarter. They returned the kickoff. Later on, they returned the punt. And next thing you know, they went 34-24. You know what I'm saying? But they were 13.5-point favorites, which means you cashed the ticket because of the uh, Southeast Missouri State cover. But the thing is, these playoffs are always going to be exciting because you never know what's going to happen. It's, it's what we love about football is win or go home. It's, it's the finality of it. There's no game seven or game five. And I, I wish the FBS would adopt this sooner. And again, you get another opportunity because you you can you know right some wrongs by eliminating some of the games in the season, make it like ten or eleven games like it used to be, and then start your playoffs like the FCS does and everybody else does, like right before things or a little bit after Thanksgiving. Such a good point. Um, let's get to some of these games, Emory. Friday night we got a couple conference championship games Friday night, which I'm looking forward to. North Texas against UTSA. UTSA, it's the Conference USA Championship. Conference USA, um, UTSA is laying eight points, Emory. But who are the prospects you're watching in that one? Well, it's one that I'm looking forward to seeing, and it's the quarterback we've talked about before, Frank Harris. I just like the way he operates offense. You know, I feel like when he's out there, the offense is moving. And, you know, whether you see him as uh, he's an older guy because he's been there for like five or six years. This is his sixth year. This is his sixth year. So you see he's, him he's basically the mayor of San Antonio. <laughs> right. It has been super productive since he's been there. And, you know, you know, I'm going, Ross, because, I, you know, I know you watch a lot of football on Sunday like I do. And I know you've seen the, the promos already for uh, the USFL season two. So, again, whether you look at him in that realm or – as can he fill in a QB two spot on your NFL roster? The fact that he's operating offense, he knows how to find the sticks. He's dangerous with his legs. He makes timely throws in the passing game. I just feel like he's someone that that okay. At worst, he can be your QB two, and if you're uh, ultimately, he could be your QB one. I just like the way he plays. And could he lead this team to another title? That's going to be huge for them in that program. So I think to me in this game that that's the biggest prospect to watch. I think he's going to get a shot in the NFL, and I think he's got a chance to make it. He, he is really slick. Like if he played at um, one of the, with one of these high powered offenses at a bigger school, I think he'd be a Heisman candidate. Yeah, he, he's just good. He's good as a runner. He, I mean, I've seen him in person a couple times. He is a stud. 
They're laying eight, Emery. That's a tricky number there. Um, what are you going to do with it? It's funny because last weekend against UTEP, they were 17-point favorites, and they had to come back to beat UTEP. Yeah, they barely won. They barely won. So in this one, this is a conference championship game. Maybe they were looking ahead. I hate to say that, but maybe that could have been the case. I just think that with the goal that, that's in mind, I don't trust North Texas's defense. So I will feel comfortable laying this eight. The 17 was always questionable for me because UTEP's defense it seems to, to you know show up sometimes, and I know their offense can really score. Uh, but I feel like eight is good for UTSA, so I'm going to lay the points with the Roadrunners. How about the uh, Pac-12 championship game Friday night? It is a rematch, which is kind of cool that USC gets to avenge their only loss earlier in the season. They get to go ahead and try to beat Utah, who beat them in a crazy game on a two-point conversion earlier in the season. Both these quarterbacks have had really good years. Uh, we're already all over. Is it Caleb Williams or Drake May, the number one overall pick next year? You and I have talked about that, Emery. But let's talk about USC. They're only laying three points, Emery. I which, mean, which tells you that I guess DraftKings doesn't really think USC's all that great if they're only laying three against Utah. There, there's two games uh, that we'll we'll talk about. This one and another one where Vegas is kind of telling you, like, hey, man, we don't think this team can really win. You know, and I think they're looking at this like this is not USC versus Utah. This is Kyle Whittingham versus Lincoln Riley. There's a lot of trust in Whittingham, and justifiably so. So when you look at this matchup, it's going to be, okay, what are the adjustments, and what are we going to find differently uh, that we didn't see before? And I feel like when you look at USC, you have to look at stars. And we talk about the reason why I want to do it this way is because we we kind of talk about all these players all year. So, But I feel like in these championship games, they're going to need Jordan Addison to really step up and steal the show. You know, I know it's all about Caleb Williams and and the dazzling thing he does, but I feel like the biggest one in this game is the guy you sought after in free agency, so to speak, to bring him to Los Angeles for games like this. And this is a game where your biggest star has to show up. I mean, he's how often are we are able to talk about a reigning Belitnikov winner in the in a college football game, you know, usually that guy wins it as a senior or a junior. And he's off to the races in the NFL, but this is a reigning Belitnikov winner. I know he's been banged up a little bit this year, but they need him to be a significant difference maker uh, in this game. I, I feel like that's the the star to watch here in this in this rematch, which was again, it was a wild game. We all stayed up late to watch that how it was how it was how it was going to end, um, and even USC had a chance to really come back with like seconds left but you saw like receivers drop passes or just in you know they just couldn't get in sync on that last drive so this is gonna be a fascinating one to watch and it could usc usc's laying three emory are you this ross this this one is on friday night so it could start what could be a chaotic weekend if certain teams lose these conference championship games because now what the playoff committee is going to do. So three points, 
that's asking me to trust USC's defense. I think we'll see a game like we saw earlier in the year, a one-point game. So I'm going to take Utah in the points here. But three is tough, but I'm going to still take Utah in the points. I feel like this line is going to change by the time we get to Friday. Um, so if you can find that three, you better jump on it right now. But I, I, I would probably attack either Utah or take the under. I think we'll see a, a more conservative game from both teams. I like USC. I, I can't imagine them losing twice to the same team. That's that's hard to do. I'll, I'll take USC laying the three. LSU, Georgia on Saturday, SEC championship. Georgia's laying 17 big ones. I know you're taking LSU. I already know you're taking LSU in the 17. Yeah, and the reason why, Ross, this was this was supposed to be like I hate that they lost the game to Texas A&M because it takes a lot of the luster off this one. But I still feel like LSU, because of how, like, the things that A&M has, Georgia doesn't have, to be honest. Georgia, like, I'm a big Kenny McIntyre's guy. But Devin A-Chain is a difference maker, like, in, in in a different way. You know, so they have some, some legit dogs. And LSU got dog walked up front. Now, Georgia can do the same things up front defensively. I worry about, if you know, watching those two tackles, those two freshman tackles for LSU. I think the right side is a little bit more stable than the left side. You know, Will Campbell has to get – he has to get stronger in all season, Ross. Like, the bull rush is not his friend. And we know Georgia has nothing but guys up front that can bull rush with these. But the guy to watch is going to be freshman linebacker Harold Perkins, you know, for LSU. He is the new Micah Parsons. He is someone that is a legit difference maker. You go back and ask, and, and it's funny that when, you, when other coaches give your guys props, Lane Kiffin came out and said the difference in the game was when 40 was out there, we couldn't get nothing done. And that's the that's the key. He didn't play a lot against Florida State, which is probably why Jordan uh, Travis had his his success scrambling that, that day. And so I think in this game, against a Stetson Bennett, a scrambler, that's going to be mission number one for LSU. That's why I think they t- keep this one close. I don't think they can win it um, because of the, the the mismatch, I think, that's going to happen up front with their freshman, true freshman tackles and those, you know, those guys that, that just, you know, <laughs> that just are coming from a different planet uh, for Georgia along that defensive line. Jalen Carter versus the interior offensive line of LSU and – those heavy-handed, you know, George Foreman punches on the edge that they're going to put on those freshman tackles. You know, Emory Jones is fine on the right side, but I worry about uh, Will Campbell against George. So I, I say this one being close because it's a big game, and this is the game LSU was looking forward to playing, and it could also cause chaos as well. So I'm going to take LSU in the points. Uh, I would agree with that, by the way. I mean, after that A&M loss, I think they're going to bounce back. They kind of have nothing to lose now. Like, there's no pressure. And they're just going to go out, I think, and ball out. I like LSU getting the 17 as well. I also really like Labatt Blue Light. It's so good. I'm loving everybody tweeting me or texting me or whatever, emailing me pictures of you drinking Labatt Blue Light with that pristine Canadian goodness while you're watching football. Stock up. Be the MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 
We make our way to the Big 12 championship game. How about this one, Emery? TCU, K-State. TCU's only laying two and a half in this one. They are telling you, this is the game I was talking about earlier. They are telling you they don't trust TCU in this spot. So the reason why they don't trust TCU in this spot, because we all watched the first matchup. I think this is the game where everybody everybody played for TCU at quarterback. Everybody just kept getting banged up. And TCU had a big lead. I mean, I'm sorry for Kansas State. Kansas State had a had a nice lead in this in this game, this first matchup. And then TCU clawed their way back and, and found their way to get a win. I, I I think the way Will Howard is playing right now is insane. And you know, and it doesn't matter if it's Will Howard or Adrian Martinez. We may even see both in this ball game. You know, just, just off G, GP, just off general principle. Because I think the way Kansas State plays, you it feels like Kansas State should be in this spot more so than TCU. So not only do I like Will Howard and how he's been playing nuts the last three to four games, and it's just as a passer, they haven't even added the running aspect of what he can do. But, you know, they have Adrian Martinez, who I think you can probably see both, but you also have Deuce Vaughn. But I feel like Will Howard is a difference maker here that's going to have to make plays. On the other side, we talk about Quentin Johnson all year. Um, and I feel like, just like Addison, they're going to need him to be big against a very good defense. And so for me, you know, can TCU get consistent stops against Kansas State? And can Kansas State make uh, Max Duggan go to other targets outside of Quentin Johnson? So that's going to be the biggest key. But I, I, I actually like Kansas State straight up here. This is going to start the chaos. I like Kansas State to win outright against TCU. Wow. Um, I don't blame you. By the way, Will Howard is from Philly suburbs. It's so yeah. bizarre that he goes to K-State. Like, nobody from Philly suburbs goes to Kansas State. Like, how that even happened is beyond me. Um, and he's a prototype. I, I, heard, I heard he wanted to go to Maryland, but Maryland had somebody else committed, and they wouldn't offer him. Um, which is wild. How about um how about the ACC championship? Clemson coming off that loss to South Carolina, they're laying seven and a half against North Carolina, coming off their loss to NC State. How are both these teams still in the I guess both the Clemson's losses were out of conference? Right. And and it's weird because you look at both of these teams coming into this game with the the luster off of the the matchup is like LSU and Georgia. Clemson, you thought they were going to, okay, when they started out 14 nothing, they were going to thump South Carolina, especially when you saw the Spencer Rattler interception inside the five-yard line. You're just like, oh, my God. Clemson's about to run away with this. Then North Carolina, they, they're playing NC State, you know, who's on like the seventh quarterback. You figure, okay, they'll run away with this. You know what I'm saying? But here we are, both teams coming off losses. Um, and playing for a conference championship, which is going to make all of this interesting when we tie it all together, right? Because the committee was like, hey, you have to win a conference championship to be in the playoffs. So they made that a strong talking point. But we could see a situation where Utah, Kansas State, and perhaps one of these two inconsistent teams don't win, right? So I think when you look at Clemson, it's, I, I feel like it's going to have to come down to, and he's, you know, he's, a, um, he's not draft eligible, but Will Shipley, 
I think is going to have to be the key because you're going to have to do what you have to do to keep the ball out of uh, DJ Uyunglele's hands in a big time scenario because he played awful last weekend. So if they can run the football and kind of shrink this ball game, it also keeps Drake May off the field and their offense with, with downs at receiver. I think that's going to be the biggest key. So for me, Will Shipley is going to have to be um, the guy and it could do a lot for his, you know, future draft prospects in terms of how we're going to view him moving forward. If he could have a dominant CJ Spiller versus Georgia Tech type performance in this ball game in this ACC title game, I think that that's going to be huge for not only Clemson's uh, chance to maybe backdoor into a New Year's Six bowl, uh, but definitely for them to win this game. So I, I look at Clemson's Will Shipley as a guy to, to keep an eye on. What are you doing with the spread, Emory? Seven and a half to North Carolina. I'm taking North Carolina to points. I feel like North Carolina's offense will find a way to, to make this one at least a you know a four point game. So seven and a half with the way DJU can turn the ball over, I feel like North Carolina's gonna find a way to get one and, and keep it close. I, I see this one being 34-30 um to, to cap off, which should be a fun night of college football. We've got the MAC championship, Toledo and Ohio. Toledo's laying two and a half. Toledo's quarter, I'm sorry, uh, Ohio's quarterback that stepped in last weekend um, was solid. And it was CJ Harris because Curtis Rourke, who was outstanding, got injured. And so now, yeah, that that sucks because he was playing fantastic ball. And so now, Toledo is coming into the game thinking that okay, yeah, we could we have a good chance to win this one. We gotta we gotta but Toledo's defense, I, I just feel like they're they're so inconsistent. We we talk about inconsistency a lot. I feel like they're so inconsistent. So for me, I, I think Harris having a because he started slow a little bit last weekend, and then he started to really pick it up. Started the game started to slow down for him, and he really started to find those the, those targets downfield. He was competent in the run game. That's where he really took off uh, figuratively and literally, but it was efficiency in the passing game, which is all Ohio is in terms of their offense. They are efficient, but Ohio's defense to me is, is really good. They're strong. They got fast flowing linebackers, almost like Frank Solich is still there with how good they are defensively. So I think just from a complete team perspective, they are much better overall than Toledo. Toledo tends to play down to their competition. Um, Ohio plays the same way no matter who they play. So I like Ohio here. But I do think Harris now having that game out of the way where he got better as the game went on, I think that helps them uh, in this game not only win but also cover that spread. What about Coastal and Troy in the Sun Belt Championship? Troy is laying nine and a half to Coastal after JMU just beat them down. Yeah, and here's the thing, because there's no Grayson McCall. He's the key. Um, he was the key for uh, Coastal's offense, and without him, you know, no one's giving Coastal respect. But linebacker Richard Jubnor for Troy is going to have to be the, the difference maker here because we know Coastal's offense is like that spread, triple option kind of offense. You know, it's, it's, it's they run the ball really well. They take those timely shots deep downfield off of their run game. But without Grayson McCall, you know, and his 21 to 1 
touchdown interception ratio. Do you really respect Coastal's passing game? I don't think so. And Troy has been fantastic this year. Um, I, you know, I was shocked at how good Troy was going into the season, coming in, the, you know, playing in the Sun Belt. I thought clearly this was going to be a situation where um, I thought JMU had a chance to really, but they they're ineligible. Otherwise, they would have been, which is garbage, it's total so garbage. garbage. I don't understand. I hate that. If you're moving up, let let you know you you're you're there. You're ready. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I think this is a. I don't want to say a cakewalk for Troy, but I think Troy can can cover this spread easily. I do like them. I wish I want to see their linebacker, uh, Jubnor, the senior, how he does versus. He's an old Dominion guy. I want to see how he does versus this this run this unique run game of Coast Carolina. The AAC championship. Your boys from Tulane are laying three and a half against UCF. Did you watch that that USF game? The ending of that game was so crazy. I thought USF had a chance to pull off the upset, but Tulane, man, like you learn something a lot about Tulane. You like the resolve of that team. I thought it was going to fall apart when they get, when Cincinnati scored that that touchdown, but Tulane went right down the field with the passing game and scored to regain the lead. Then got a good defensive stop, albeit a drop, uh, to, to close out the game. They get a chance to, to hit it um, again against UCF. You know, this game, UCF had a nice lead, and Tulane had to fight back in the game, and he just ran out of time. So I want to see how they adjusted an up-tempo um, offense that UCF has. They spread the field, and they get a lot of plays in. But it's going to come down to the guy we talked about last week in Tajay Spears. How he ran the football against Cincinnati. Can Tulane shrink the ball game, convert early on first downs, and, and keep that offense of UCF off the field? That's the key. I think playing, it, it, even though um, they get them again in New Orleans, I think that's going to be the difference. I feel like Spears, Willie Fritz and company will be able to outcoach Melzon on the opposite side. I think Tulane wins this game. Fresno Boise in the Mountain West Championship. Boise is laying three. Too many points. It, this I thought this was this was um, uh, too many total points. I feel like Fresno's defense will step up. I the guy to watch that. I, I feel like we we haven't talked about him on a on a national scale. Um, they talked about him a lot last year, but this year they hadn't talked about him. Jake Hainer. Hainer's really doggone good throwing the football. And you saw if if uh, Utah State had solid quarterback play, they beat Boise State last weekend. Those were two egregious pick sixes. The uh, you know one was a, the egregious pick six, the other was just a, a terrible interception inside the red zone. So I feel like I can trust Jake Hayner's passing ability against the secondary of Boise State. This the spread is close because they know Boise State's defense. It's again the word of the day is inconsistent. So I'm gonna take Jake Hayner uh as a the guy that's gonna be the star of this game. And I also like Fresno State to win this one. I'm gonna take them in the points. Ooh, okay. Um, last but not least, Big Ten Championship, Michigan's laying 16 and a half against Purdue in the annual Big Ten East Power against Big Ten West mediocrity how about the can that was opened up against ohio state in the second quarter listen i did not see that coming from michigan's offense it was remarkable it it, 
I've never seen um, uh, since Urban Meyer got there to Ryan Day transition Ohio State team not be able to catch anybody. And all you saw was Michigan players just fly past Ohio State defenders. It was insane to see. With all that being said, I do like Aiden O'Connell and how he throws the football. He throws with a reckless abandon. Like he doesn't care. It's almost like he's um he has that Joe Milton ability where like I don't care how short you are, how close you are to me, or how deep you are down the field, the ball is coming out 600 miles an hour and you either going to catch it or you're going to die instantly on the spot. But with those type of passes, you're going to get tips, ricochets, interceptions. I think Michigan wins this one easily and covers the spread. But the biggest difference in this game, now if you're Michigan, you don't really have to uh, worry about Corum being 100%. I mean, we all saw that uh, play out last weekend. But I think the guy to watch here is Aiden O'Connell. I know he's going to the Shrine game. But, yeah, he has a howitzer for an arm. I just like the fact that he competes. Like, he doesn't care if he – there's no play that sticks in his mind – that negative or positive, you know, he's going to continue to sling it. And, and it dates back to the game he had in the, the Music City Bowl against Tennessee. Like, that was a fun, entertaining game. And he's carried it over. We saw it against Penn State in the opener. Like, he's going to keep throwing it. And they're going to need him to, to really play like that against Michigan. But I don't think they cover it all. Check out at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Please check out MyFrontPageStory.com, it is the best gift you can get a loved one this time of year. Football Game Plan on YouTube is incredible. FootballGamePlan.com slash 2023 Draft Guide. College football season is winding down. It's Conference Championship Weekend. Make sure you are going ahead and getting the Draft Guide now before it's too late. FootballGamePlan.com slash 2023 Draft Guide. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be.